for me, the message that I felt to share with you is something really, really simple. I, I, and I, I feel that so many of our, us in our lives, we live our whole Christian life living so close to mediocrity and average and, and enough. When God is the God of more than enough, when he wants us to live, move our, from our lives from the normal, the mundane to the miraculous. And I want today, I want to demonstrate and show you by my life, my own life, and through scripture, that God wants every single one of our lives to be miraculous every day. Every day. There's a miracle waiting to happen in and through your life every day. Amen? <laughs> I want to show you that. And I'm going to prove it in my life because, because my life's a miracle. My life's a miracle. I got saved in 1970 in Easter, on Easter weekend 1970. And uh, day in, day out, my life's a miracle. Because God's grace is a miracle. God's mercy is a miracle. And I'm trusting that what I share with you all this afternoon would spur you on to live every day as a, as a, as a sign that points to Jesus. May your life be a sign that constantly points to Jesus. Now, that I'm trusting that at the end there'd be confidence in every single one of you to live in the more that God has for you, to tempt more for God, to, to become more involved, to give more of yourself because it is so worth it. Um, uh, some of the stories that you may hear um, from my life, uh, you'll see that I'm not perfect. Far from it. But I'm available. Always have been. So um, so my desire, I wrote this down, my desire and my life's aim is that I am a sign that points to the fact that I'm fully satisfied in Jesus. That my life is showing that I'm dependent upon Jesus for everything, that he is more than enough in my life. And I'm hoping that uh, I'm going to go through a, a miracle, the first miracle that Jesus did, turning water into wine. And I'm going to point out some things that I think, are, I think when I was going through this was fascinating. But I want to point out to you that God wants to do, do the miraculous in every day of your life. Okay, so let's read that, read that passage. I was going to read it, but let me read it. So it's in John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. I'm just going to read through it, and then I'm going to uh, just touch on a few points. Uh, First of all, so on the third day, this is the, on the third day, this is of the wedding in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, they were obviously having a very lovely party. This is the third day. Remember, weddings in those days were normally about a week. So this is early on in the wedding. Okay, this is like not even halfway through. Okay, they ran out. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to a woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there are six stone jars, uh, stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, 
Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now it had become wine. And he did not know where it came from, though his servants who had drawn it knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine till now for last. This is the first of his signs that Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. So that in the end, where we need to land is trusting Jesus. Trusting Jesus that we are to be his glory bearers. Okay, what does it look like? So, there's a wedding. It's normal. It's, a normal. it's in the normal day of life. Normal wedding, things are happening, and they run out of wine. So, what Jesus was asked to do wasn't to, wasn't to save somebody's life. Wasn't to heal heal someone, wasn't to to uh, raise a lame man or raise raise a dead man. It was there so that the people who were giving this wedding weren't embarrassed. Okay, it was like Jesus. Someone's going to get embarrassed if this doesn't happen. And so Jesus, the first, the very first miracle, and I believe the reason why it's the first miracle is that I think. God wants you and I to know that when you go to work tomorrow, there's a miracle waiting to happen. When you go to college, when you go to, there's a miracle waiting to happen in you and in me. And that God wants to use you supernaturally. He wants you to become naturally supernatural every day. Okay. Hello. You with me? All with me? So, so I want to put in faith in, in you to say, that because of the work of Jesus in my life, and some of it came through, it's going to be a bit of repetition. So the prophetic word that was brought earlier on, that encouragement, I've actually got a whole section on that which I want to just expand on. That there's a miracle that's happened in our lives, and God wants, because I'm a miracle, I carry a miracle, and because I carry a miracle, there should be an outpouring of miracles. There should be an outpouring of the supernatural in my life from day to day. Okay. Second thing I want you to realize is that the same power that changed water into wine is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. The same power that raised a lame man, healed the blind eyes, cast out demons, raised Lazarus from the dead, that's the same power. Okay? Water into wine, raising... Lazarus, it's the same power that's available. And you and I have access. Hello. <laughs> How's that, eh? It's incredible. So, so the important thing is just make sure that Jesus is around <laughs> and he's in us. Make sure that we're close to Jesus all the time. Okay. The, the third thing that I want you to realize is that Jesus, not only was he there and his power available, but he did this miracle to show that he cared for people. You need to think about it. He wasn't really ready for it. His time, the father hadn't actually told him to do this, obviously. I mean, he's related. But obviously there was, Mary was probably in touch with the father. I'm not quite sure how it worked. But he, he wasn't ready for miracles yet. 
But when he saw the need, when he saw the wine had run out and he saw people were going to be embarrassed, he said, man, this can't happen. I, I care for these people. I love people. I, w- I don't want them to go through this situation. How about you tomorrow, if there's a situation happens, that someone who's broken comes to you, someone that's hurting, someone that's had a bad situation that's happened over the weekend, uh, a relational conflict or uh, something that's happened family or friend or whatever the case is, or you just had a bad day. The love of Jesus in us compels us to do something about it, and that's what that's what Jesus did. So he was at this wedding. Everything in him, the power that was available within him, he was there, and it was activated and motivated by love. It was a love act that Jesus did to save someone's face save face, you know, and uh, and so I want to show you uh, something, very, the miracle that took place that day, and the miracle that took place in my life, uh, so I want to just prove it to you, something that I found when I did this, okay, so this is the miracle, this is the power that we have, okay, so. H two O. We all know water. The servants put H two O into the clay jar, the jars, the stone jars that they used to wash feet that were just standing at the door. These ugly, cast-away stone jars, okay? H2O. He says, give it to the master of the ceremonies. That's the chemical reaction that took place in a split second. C2, carbon, H14, oxygen and sulfur, plus there's yeast that was added and sugar and all the things that were added in in a split second. It would take about 100 chemical processes to get from H2O to that in a split second. What is the miracle? It was an incredible miracle. It was incredible. Jesus didn't just change the color and the taste. He changed the chemical makeup of the water and changed it into wine. So, Colossians says this. In Colossians 1 verse 16 to 17. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible. There's a thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him All things are held together. All things are held together. All the chemistry, all the chemicals are held together by Jesus. So, you and I, our bodies are made up of, I just want to say, about 109 chemicals. Our bodies. Between 65 and 90% of our bodies, of the chemicals, 
that in each cell is that. Jesus speaks a word over your life, and he can heal you. He can change the chemistry in your body. He can bring things what are out of sync into sync. Because he controls everything and holds everything together. Don't you think that's amazing? <laughs> that every single bit of chemical that's in your body, by his word, he can speak and he can bring about an incredible intrinsic change in your physical body. What Jesus was actually doing in that, in that uh, wedding uh, feast, the miracle was a foreshadow of the biggest miracle ever. This was the biggest miracle that ever took place. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21. I not, might not read it all because I think you know it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. Okay, I'm not going to do all that. The reality is there was a foreshadow of you and I being intricately, radically changed by the message of the gospel from the inside. The moment I gave my life to the Lord Jesus on that long weekend, Easter long weekend, I think it was the 10th of April in 1970, the Holy Spirit came into me and changed my, my spiritual DNA. And I was born again. I'm changed. I'm a new creation. I'm now become a vessel for him. I now become an instrument be willing to use him. There's a, there's a change. That's why I said at the start, I am a walking miracle. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say that. I am a walking miracle. Say that. Again, say it again with belief. Okay. You and I are miracles, eh? There's, there's this beautiful thing that God has done. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead came in and he's put his spirit in us and we have his spirit within us. The Holy Spirit came. There's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit came and lived in us the moment we put our faith in Jesus. It's a miracle. It's the biggest miracle. I don't know of one person that Jesus healed in his ministry that's alive today. Uh, amen? Because every single miracle that Jesus did was a sign pointing to a greater reality, to an eternal reality. Lame walk. He wants lame walk. He physical healing, but he wants those who are spiritually lame to walk. Blind, blind. You are spiritually blind. He wants to open your eyes to see. Filled with, with, with oppression and depression and de demonic attack and oppression, he wants to set you free. The miracle of Jesus. The miracle of Jesus. And he can do it from the moment water is pouring out. Split second. He changes us from the inside out. I'm a man 
the love and longs for physical healing. I hope you all do. And if there's people we can actually pray for healing, if there are folk later on, I, we can do that. I love when God works supernaturally on bodies. But a bigger joy to me tonight would be some of you who don't know him as I know him. And you say, I want to respond to the love. The, the, the weight of his love for me, I want to I respond to it so I can be changed on the inside out. Or this area in my life of brokenness and I need him to come and heal me from the inside. Amen. It's a miracle. Amen. So every day, every day you and I are carrying a miracle around in us. It's a miracle of Jesus in me. And the Jesus in me needs to be a sign that always points to the Father, points to the Holy Spirit, pointing to the Father. So I, I'm a sign. Walking day to day, I'm a sign. Pointing to Jesus. I hope you're trusting. I do mess it up. I do come short. I do have my failings. I do have my, but that's my desire. That people see my life, he's a sign. And the sign always points to greater reality. When it says Cape Town 10K, is it Cape Town left? That signboard isn't Cape Town. It's just pointing you the way to go. And I, that's, what, that's what I want my life to be. That others see my life that I'm pointing to Jesus, the miracle worker. The one who changes me from the inside out and can heal my body. And can heal me of my disease and my sickness. And can come and heal my brokenness. But the biggest thing that can come heal is a is a soul that is separated from him. A soul that is downcast and doesn't see hope. He wants to come and bring hope and healing. Whew, is that all right? <laughs> Beautiful, huh? This miracle. Did you think of looking at this, uh, this, this uh, miracle like this in these eyes before? It's amazing. Huh? When you look at Switzerland, you think, man, God's in control of everything. And because he can change water into wine, he can change you on my life. Because he's in control of everything. That's what this miracle is all about. And so I want to stir you. And I'm going to now go through a couple of points in terms of how do we position ourselves to become that sign. How do we actually become the people that point others to Jesus? How can I be available almost to be a sign every day? So tomorrow when I go to workplace, or tomorrow when I see my friends, or tomorrow there's a confrontation, or life, man. How can I be that sign that points to Jesus? Okay. Here we go. H2O. And what's going to come out, hopefully, is C2H14OS. Okay. <laughs> In, so, oh, never mind. I've got to catch on before I get ahead of myself. Okay. You're all with me. Is this, this is exciting, man. The Bible's amazing. Just love the Bible. Bible is about real people in real situations and God coming in and making a difference and sometimes correcting. Some Anyway, this is about people in life, really. But like just you and me. They're people like you and me. People at the wedding were like people you and me. I'm being invited to a wedding here. No, not here. Um, Ruan. That's here. Yeah, sorry, what was, what was the name? Ruan. Getting married in the 24th of September. In life. Things happen. People get married. And there's a miracle that can happen at the wedding. Someone can get saved. There we go. Okay, so how do I position myself? 
First of all, you need to understand that God's standard, God's expectation is that he wants to display his power through you every day. Hello? Hello? Okay. I want you to say this to the person next to you. God wants to use me to display his power tomorrow and the next day and the next day, etc., etc. <laughs> man, because uh, here it says in, in John 14, 12 to 4, verse 12 to 4, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and even greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Now, I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but I think you get the gist of that Jesus wants a miracle to happen through our lives. Jesus wants my life to be a walking miracle. We, we want to see people saved, man. That's the biggest miracle. We want, I want to see, I'd love to see, and I'm sure all of us want to see the congregation grow to new birth. The miracle of new birth. And it begins with us knowing that God wants us to be displayers of his splendor. Okay. Secondly, so number one, God wants to use you to display his power. Number two, God uses stone jars. So these jars, as I said earlier on, were used to wash people's feet. They were probably rejects, pots that maybe had been reject, rejects or made with second-rate mud or whatever, clay, whatever it was. They were not nice to look at. Some of them might have a few cracks on them. They probably didn't have, they weren't porcelain, okay? They weren't. They were, they were used to wash people's feet and they were hidden behind the door. They weren't obvious there. I want to say, in uh, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing the great treasure. You and I are clay jars. God wants to use us as we are. I want to tell you, God did not fall in love with a future version of yourself. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you and me. And the moment that you receive Jesus into your life, you are called to be a blessing, to be a carrier of the treasure. About two years back, I've got two grandchildren. Sorry, I forgot to say at the beginning. I'm sorry, Kim couldn't be here. She had a, not she, uh, she was busy with Julie, had a medical little bit of an emergency, and she's in the, at the hospital all day, so we kind of missed each other on the way. Anyway, so I should have said this at the start. Okay, so about three years ago, I've got two granddaughters, Harper, and Harper's now six. She was probably about two or three at the time. It was about a few years back. And I was busy. And, uh, I'd, I'd taken her to a worship session. I think Mervis was there. And, uh, and this thing about grandparents' love for grandchildren that none of you will actually understand unless you have gra any grand other grandparents here. 
You can't explain it. Grandparents' love for their grandchildren. It's something different. So I asked myself, as a, we're worshiping, and Harper, Harper's there, and I, and I asked the, the Lord this question, just in place of worship. I said, uh, I said, Lord, why do I, why do I love Harper so much? It feels like even more of a love than I even have for my own children. It's amazing. I mean, I, I, I absolutely adore my kids, but I mean, for the two boys, bloody hell. Two boys, yeah. Um, and so uh, I felt in that moment, in asking, why do I love her so much? I felt the Holy Spirit said to me, you love her so much because you see your son in her. Let me tell you something. The father sees the son in you. And he loves you dearly. It's, you do not qualify. Oh, that's what came up today. That's what I'm saying. Get a lot. <laughs> I don't qualify for this, <laughs> man. He qualifies me. The father looks at me and he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. Yes, I know God's value on my life. And I, and I can tell you, I'll, I'll mention one or two things in my life that shows in a way that I still have to work on areas of brokenness and cracks in my life. But this I know, that Jesus loves me and values me. Father made. Jesus paid. Spirit stayed. He loves me. He loves you. He's given us more than we need as we come to him. So your no, I can't, is saying that the Lord says, yes. That's exactly the point. You can't. At that point, you say, we can. He uses stone jars. God qualifies unqualified. When Moses was in the bur at the burning bush, and God sends him on, he's about to send him on this huge mission to send the people, to take the people out of Egypt. He had all the excuses. He had all the excuses of saying, Lord, who am I? I'm a murderer. I do not qualify. That's why I've been running away my whole life. I've been in the desert my whole life. I'm on the far end of the desert, as far away from God's purpose for my life as possible. And God steps into his life and says, you know what? I know you don't qualify, but I qualify you. That's what he says, basically. And he says, who are you? And the Lord says, well, this is me. I'm, I'm more than enough. I'm all you need. And he has all these excuses. You see, sometimes... I could ask you, let's give you an example. Why do you not want to do children's church? I oversee all the children's church, Jocelyn Kids. So I might ask you, why do you not want to do Jocelyn Kids? Your answer will display a lot of what you truly, truly value. Some of you might say, well, I'm not called. Okay, well, that's fine because... Jesus is calling. Or I uh, can't teach kids. Great stuff. I'll teach you. I'm using that as an example. 
sometimes what we value, what we truly value is revealed by what we don't want to do, not by what we, what we do do. That's a bit of the weighty one, okay? What I'm trying to do is say that every single one of us are broken. Every single one of us are earthen jars that aren't perfect, but God wants to pour his water into us, and he wants to change it into wine. Why not? Why not? The why not qualifies us. <laughs> that was uh, old Will Marie. Oh, man, miss him so much. I'm sure all of us miss him a lot. Eh? Why not? Why not? My testimony, a little bit of my testimony. So I grew up in a family of six children, actually seven children. I had a sister that died at birth. Um, and there's a process that I hadn't realized when I went through something in my life about seven years ago that, uh, that came up and I realized that I hadn't dealt with my sister who died at birth that we never even, never even spoke about. She was buried and I don't even know where the grave is. Somewhere in Vintage in Namibia. Anyway, that's, that's part of something that I had to deal with. Um, but we grew up in a, uh, in a family where I didn't know what dad was coming home, okay? So he was a lover of God. He loved God, and he taught us the ways of the Lord. Always church, per, per, church person, but stress and work were his trigger, <laughs> okay? But I don't know. Uh, there's, there's no blaming on me, so I'm telling why I explained to me what happened to me. So for me, I learned to be good. I don't want to get into trouble because I didn't know I don't want to get into trouble. So intrinsically within me, and I still have to work on it, is the fear of man. I don't want I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to displease Andrew. I don't want to displease. That's intrinsically though. But in, you understand what I'm saying. The point is, I'm actually still working on my brokenness. But here I am. 53 years old, I think, now, 53, prospering, loving God, trusting Him, serving Him. At the start of the year, uh, I, we, Kim and I have been involved in children's ministry now for about six or seven years, and going very well. I mean, we, 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 and I could have sat down and said, well, the ministry's going well, everything's up the banks of the river, and we, the river's running, and let's just sit up next to the river and, <laughs> and watch the river run, and every now and then, Dip your foot. You know what I'm saying? I, but I felt the Lord say, no, there's more. There's more. And I felt the Lord say to me, I need to pick up something of the apostolic that God's put in my heart to go to churches, to leaders, to come in this context, to, to not hold back, not to hang, hang back. There's more for me, and there's more for every single one of you. There's more for every single one of you and me. Okay. I love this passage in James 5, verse 17. It says, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall. None fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and earth and began to yield its crops. Elijah was as human as you and me. He lived a significant life of miracles. And God wants to do the same for you and me. 
Hello. <laughs> Believe it, eh? I want to put stir up something fresh for new faith and trust to believe God for the miraculous in your life because he changed lives tomorrow, man, this week. Number three, I'm going to go through this quite quickly, land quickly. So it's God wants us to display his power. God uses broken, cracked, scarred dogs, okay, and invite Jesus into life every day. Jesus was invited to the wedding. Just make sure Jesus is along with you. It's a relationship thing. It's all about Jesus. And if Jesus is with you, you can expect the miracle. Man, imagine you being a disciple in that time, walking with Jesus. There was an expectancy for miracles every day. Huh? I'm not just talking about healings. I mean, those were there, but oh, man, lives changed. Lives set free. Amen? God wants to use you. Wants to use you uh, every day. Number four, tell him what you need, not what to do. Tell him what you need, not what to do. Did you see what Mary did? Mary didn't say, Jesus wants you to pour water into, uh, get the servants to do that, pour water. No. She just said, Jesus, you're here. Do whatever he says. Ha. Faith. God's ways are higher than our ways. We do not always understand. And so we just say, Lord Jesus, today I'm going to this day. Today I want to be a witness for you. Today I want, or if you're going through a tough time, today I want to overcome this fear. The desire of your heart. That's it. See what Jesus does. And you say, I trust you. I trust you. Don't look to others to compare. It's you and Jesus. Jesus in control. One of the scriptures that have, um, one of the key scriptures for me that has helped guide me in my walk, with, in my walk in life is Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. And you should know this. Or may you know it, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That word, in all your ways, that acknowledge means know him by experience. That's what it means. Know him intimately. It's a relationship walk with Jesus. It's a relationship walk with Jesus. Trust in him every day. Trust him with all your heart. <laughs> Oops, okay. Some of us, if our heart was like a house with many rooms, the light shines in some of them, but there's shadows. That's what the Lord showed me seven years ago. There's shadows. Disappointment. I had to deal with the shadow of disappointment in my life. Having planted the church in Mosel Bay, and ten years ago having felt that I started this well, not I started. God gave us the dream of building this church that is a thousand-seater because the Lord said at least it needs to be a thousand. And then when Josh Dean came in and the whole handover came in, I had to deal with that I finished the job. When we knew, knew the Lord had spoken, we knew it, so there was faith. Jesus, you're in this, you've spoken. But I had to come when I came to, when I came to Cape Town and I was part of Ryan Kingsley's team, I had to deal with this thing of disappointment, God. I just 
is a finished job. Do whatever he tells you to do. That's it. So invite him into your life. Tell him what you need, but then when he speaks, do it. Do it. When you live in an ongoing encounter with Jesus, his love compels us to do the miracle. So if he tells us when there's, when there's obedience that happens in our lives, there's a miracle that happens on, on that road of obedience. Number six. I don't know. Okay, yeah, the number six I've got down here. This is a big one. Keep your jar filled with water. To the brim. If you look at that, keep your jar filled with water. It's the water of the word. Let be filled with the word of God. Be filled with the word of God. Grimmed up. Let it flood. Let it, let it sink in. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about quantity of water. I'm talking about quality of water. I'd rather you spend 15 minutes of quality time in God's word than two hours reading and reading is good. But I'm talking about filling yourself with truth. Filling yourself up with the water of the word. Let it wash you. Let it cleanse you. Let it fill you. Let it invigorate. So when God says go, you'll know what to say. Because the word is life. The word is life. And when you speak it, it becomes wine. It becomes a miracle. Keep the jar filled with water. See, the water had to be poured out from the jars for it to change to wine. Number seven, this last one, and we conclude here, maybe Nana can come forward. Celebrate what he does. So, because there's something, the best is left for last. So about uh, six months ago, I'm sitting in the in the Life Cafe in Sunningdale. My, uh, Harper comes to me again, and we're sitting in the, in the Life Cafe and the, the, the two play areas. I don't know if you've been to the Life Cafe yet. The two play areas. The one is like where the little ones, the little ones now that the old jungle gym, and then the new areas got the astro turf, and it looks amazing. So she says, "Papa," they call me Papa. She says, "Papa, what are we going to do after eating?" So I said, "We can go play." I'm one of those granddads, you know. Because I get on the swings, I get on the, that's me. So, 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 so she said, i tell you what, she says, Papa, she said, we're going to go to that one first, the one with the wooden jungle gym. And then we're going to go to that lovely one, uh, lovely, beautiful astroturf one that looks so fantastic. She said, you know what, Papa, she says, next is more. The next thing God wants to do in your life is the more that God wants to do in your life, through your life. That's what he wants to do. I'm 62 years old now. Vintage wine. I'm saying, I'm saying, like Caleb, give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. 
I want my life still to count. I want my still life to be significant. I want my life still to be a miracle. I want people's lives changed. I want this congregation changed because the word that I'm sharing with you now. What I'm sharing with you is what I'm trusting wine is coming into your heart and stirring you up to live in the more. If you haven't registered for 412 Conference, what you got announced was water. Do you want to change into wine? Go. <laughs> By the way, there's limited places for the conference. 400 places left. You've got to register quickly. And so that was the word that I want to encourage you with. But this, just in conclusion, God, in this miracle, who would have thought that Jesus would have used the most uncelebrated item in the room? biggest miracle of the day. I look at this congregation, I look at myself and I say, God uses people like me. So I got a D for matric. Average. Okay? Average in a way. I'm just, this is me. You know what I'm saying? But God had to change that in my mind too. That God changes that which is average, that which is normal, that which is mundane, that which is, He changes that into something miraculous. I'm trusting that my fast, in my, in my slipstream, is miracles upon miracle upon miracle upon miracle. And it's not always the big healings, it's a life change, a life touch, a life healed, a life made whole. Broke. And sometimes it's a word I say. Sometimes it's a prayer. Sometimes it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a scripture verse, a word of encouragement. Man, God wants every single one of us to be participators in God's church and his body. That's how miracles happen, by making yourself a jar that is available to be filled. Don't allow the mud or the residual to sink and drink from that fresh water. How empty are you? How hungry and thirsty are you for the water of life? For his water and his spirit to come fill you. Father, I pray this evening that we would become those you've always intended us to become. No matter what our history my past does not define me, Jesus. My disqualification or my lack of accomplishments does not qualify me, Jesus. It's you, the completed work of the cross, the Holy Spirit in me that qualifies me and, and enthuses me and invigorates me and spurs me on to the more and the more and the more and the more. You want my life to be a sign. You want my life to be a miracle every single day, God. I need to be that vessel that is empty and open. Empty myself of the residual and the things that, have, that get me stuck and get me yeah, just not living everything for you, Jesus. I want
want my life to count so for you, Jesus. Even at 62 years old, God, may my life make a difference in the lives of others, God. Let my life be that miracle and says, Jesus is glorified in my life.